0: I know what my head tells me. I know what everyone says, that you're only as good as your pitching. But I also know what my heart says on this. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kowatchevich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins, the same place you found this. Your ball club of choice lost 10 to 7 to the Tigers yesterday in Bradenton. And while a score like that might suggest that these were a couple of teams just routinely slugging it out, the truth is the Pirates to date, and it's only been 13 games down there, haven't done much hitting at all. Uh, there's been, you know, an occasional pop from one of your starters or something to that effect. But Drew Maggie has been your best hitter. And if you don't know who Drew Maggie is, I mean, stand in line. 33-year-old utility guy, non-roster invitee looking for work. Um, he's 6-for-12, hit a three-run homer yesterday. If you're really into the Drew Maggie thing, I could share more, but I'm guessing that you're not. I'm guessing you're a whole lot more interested in how the main guys are doing, and they're not doing really anything at all. In fact, overall, Maggie is the only one who has more than one home run so far. Uh, there's nobody who has more than six hits. And while I'll be the first one to point out to people who don't make it to spring training on a regular basis, that this is that point in the grapefruit season where the pitchers are ahead of the hitters. And it's something that's visible. You see late swings. You see uncomfortable swings at off-speed stuff. and eventually that rounds out. The hitters will bounce back, and they will have their day or their week or even a couple of weeks. So here's hoping that sometime between now and Cincinnati, the bats wake up a little bit. I will also issue the obligatory reminder that stats can be misleading any time of year, but especially in spring training all kinds of goofy weather elements, uh, doubles that aren't really doubles, actually called down there Bradenton doubles because of the high sun, the high sky. You see these highlights all the time of these guys, really, really good accomplished fielders covering their eyes as the ball is coming down, just hoping they don't get creamed by it because they've completely lost sight of it. And there are also situations, and I witnessed a couple of them myself earlier in the week, where. A ball just gets completely smoked. Brian Reynolds had a couple times uh, in in games that I saw where he was just not robbed so much from a fielding standpoint, but just robbed from a luck standpoint. Uh, Really, really drilled a couple of outs. But I'm not going to lie. When I left Florida, I felt a little bit hollow about the team as a whole, mostly because I didn't see anybody hit. And this is where the confession comes in. When I was really young, and I'm talking six, seven, eight years old, and I first got into baseball, I loved the offense. I mean, I I appreciated what the pitchers were doing, and I would mimic the arm motions and everything else here. But when you're falling in love with a sport, and the team that's in town has Willie Stargell and all these other Tremendous hitters in the mid to late 70s, you're not overthinking what's your favorite facet of the game. I was all lumber company, lumber and lightning. And ever since then, I, I even in attempting to be this really, you know, super analytical, objective observer of things, I still view baseball and any machismo related to baseball through the prism of being able to hit the living snot out of the ball. So when I'm down there, especially after all this uh, excitement that I had and still do have, by the way, regarding the banning of the shifts and what impact the pitch clock will have, meaning negatively on the pitcher's advantage and everything else. And I just was thinking, see some actual baseball. Come on, you know, like base to base type ball. And not much of it materialized at all. Now, this is all obviously a terribly unfair and infinitesimally small sample size type of uh, opinion I'm offering to you here. By this time, I don't know, Monday, the next episode of this show, I could be talking about how the Pirates just completely raked all weekend long and they looked fantastic and what an explosive summer this is going to be at PNC Park and whatever else here. That's how quickly it can change, and again, it usually does in the spring. But I'm not nuts right now about this team's ability to score significantly more runs than they did last season when they were, of course, Major League Baseball's. Worst offense, and the worst offense we've ever seen in Pittsburgh. So the bar's low to begin with, but I'm not really feeling like raising it all that much. Maybe some of the positives will take over. O'Neal Cruz can look more like the one we're expecting to have the biggest breakout out of anyone. Brian Reynolds will show to everyone that he's worth the extension that he feels was worth uh, demanding the trade over. Cabrian Hayes can bring back his pop. Andrew McCutcheon, you want to talk about somebody who will be older, but maybe more motivated than anybody else. Kutch is going to want to show well in Pittsburgh. Kutch is not the type at all to come back here and think it'll be completely acceptable for him to look like a really old version of of his previous self when he knows, he knows that Pittsburghers will recall him the way he was and not the way he is. I'd like to think that'll happen. I'd like to think the two veterans that were brought in, leader types, Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi, will function as a nice, uh, you can't really call them a platoon since those are two separate positions now, but a nice combination that you can have right-left working for you over there and a dramatic upgrade, obviously, over anything that was at first base last year. You'd like to think Jack Sawinski, in addition to popping another 19 home runs, can be a lot more productive, strike out a lot less. And you'd like to think that Rodolfo Castro has some of that Cruz-type breakout in him. He certainly has the power. I'm not even going to bring up the catching. Austin Hedges can't hit at all. He's a defense-first and defense-only catcher. However, if and when Andy Rodriguez or Henry Davis makes it up, now you're actually going to get some offense out of that position. So it sounds okay, right? Right? Sounds okay. I want to see it start looking like that. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q, this is a fun one, comes from Ben. He says, Hi DK, after listening to the Thursday show, I was wondering... What's been the most memorable instance in your mind of a player that was underwhelming at best through spring training and then became an unexpectedly strong performer during the regular season? It's funny how often I think of this in the reverse. I remember and covered the Ronnie Paulino 556 spring in which not only did he have that obscene average for a month and change, but also just pulverized the ball, one of the hardest doubles you've ever seen, home, road, lefty, righty, didn't matter. He goes into the regular season, goes up north, which a lot of the Latin American players do not like doing and won't make any secret of it because it's not something that they've generally been used to in life. Yeah, right from the opener on, just did nothing. Kevin Newman is another one that stands out in that regard, obviously, with the 700 spring training. Although his, everybody was trying to warn everyone who wasn't seeing spring games that this wasn't real. So much soft contact all over creation. And it would just find grass. It was like magic. He was due so much bad luck from everything that had happened in the spring that it was almost inevitable. That his regular season started off as badly as it would. In your direction, I feel like from a hitting standpoint, I got to go all the way back to Xavier Nady. There was a point, for those of you who go way back, where the X-Man had to drop this crazy leg kick that he had. You don't see this in baseball anymore, by the way. There's a reason for it. Hitting coaches hate it. Uh, They used to understand and forgive and allow that sort of thing, to their hitters because the hitters would say they're using it as a timing mechanism or something to that effect. Don Long, who was the hitting coach at the time, just a terrific hitting coach in addition to being a good guy, Donnie worked with X and talked him out of the leg kick and said, we're going to spend a whole spring of doing nothing at all other than making sure that that left leg of yours stays put. While the left leg stayed put, But so did his bat. He didn't even want to take his bat off his shoulder. And when he did, the results were awful. Sooner rather than later, X figured it out, had himself a pretty nice April. And before long, uh, no pun intended, Don Long had made X a very, very wealthy man in addition to having done that. Over the course of his career for Jason Bay, which is one reason I get kind of edgy when people say that Jose Bautista got cured by the Blue Jays after the trade. Not true at all. Don Long would have done the same thing in Pittsburgh. For a pitcher, I don't have to go back far at all. I really didn't like what I saw of Jose Quintana last spring. And I know I should have been more patient given his pedigree, but he also was coming off a couple of shaky years in the majors that forced him to sign the bargain basement one-year deal that he did with the Pirates. It is to his credit and, according to Jose himself, to Oscar Marine's credit, that he was able to get the deal that he was this year. And the fact that he was able to pace himself clearly now, in hindsight, through a spring training in which uh, he needed to show at least something that spring to justify the decision to have him. So he wasn't like in the the position of a standard, like really, really accomplished vet where you could just say, eh, I'm just messing around with my curveball today. He had to show something. And he did, I guess, just enough of that. The Pirates bring him into the regular season, and then it was just, you saw it. Uh, Lights out the whole way through. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Again, we'll be back with another one Monday.